Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Veronica Gutierrez, author of the new novel, As You Look, a a Yolanda Avila mystery. Veronica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, As You Look, how would you describe the novel? It's a mystery novel. It's a detective novel, and it uh, features a a detective who's dealing with um, the intersection of grief and guilt and nascent psychic tendencies, which she rejects because she's a detective and should focus on facts, that type of thing. Um, and, uh, and it, uh, progresses and deals with, uh, some crime solving that she has to do and also with her circle of friends and family. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write as you look? Oh, goodness. It must have been quite a while ago when I was uh, working with the city of Los Angeles. I was working for a local elected official. And you come across a lot of interesting things uh, then. And I'm, I've always loved mystery novels. So the idea of writing my own probably came up back in the early 90s or so. But I didn't actually get to it until after I uh, retired early, oh, in 2017 or so. And I'm curious, do you think that there's a lot of yourself in your character, Yolanda? Uh, I think there might be. Um, I I think uh, Yolanda is a composite of various people. So it's not all me, uh, even though it's written in the first person. Um, And I think uh, uh, her wife, Sydney, is also uh, a composite character and parts of me are in her as well. Uh, as well as in some of the other characters. But uh, I think it's um, it's fair to say that her experience is uh, uh, similar to mine growing up in the uh, Boyle Heights neighborhood of Los Angeles. And uh, I'm curious, were there, were there crime writers or, or other writers that inspired you as you were thinking about writing as you look and as you were writing as you look? Oh, sure. Um, Sarah Paretsky, you know, the V.I. Warshawski series that she writes based in Chicago, uh, I've always loved. Uh, Kara Black's uh, Emile Duc uh, series based in Paris is also something that uh, I just gobbled up. Um, and I really love the way that they made the cities a part of the story, almost another character in the stories. And that's part of what I tried to do with this uh, na- immigrant neighborhood in Los Angeles. And so I'm curious, you said that you, that you originally had the idea in the early 90s. Can you kind of walk us through your writing journey when, you know, as you said, after you uh, retired early, when you sat down, what, what was it like to finally sit down and start writing the novel? Oh, it was wonderful. I, I did have the idea, but, you know, I had a very busy job. I've had several very busy jobs. Uh, I did a stint as a civil rights uh, litigator as well. And that was the first time I was actually, in a professional way, able just to focus on writing. And I absolutely loved it um, and wanted to get back to it. Um, I ended up uh, following all that up with uh, some nonprofit work, uh, some corporate work, and was fortunate to be able to retire early, uh, at which time I read as much as I could um, and then thought, you know, I, I need to put this down on paper. I had so much of it in my head. Um, and, uh, 
a lot of uh, serendipitous things happened. I, I came across a book by uh, Lisa Crone um, called Story Genius, which talks a little bit about the psychology of story and our, our psychological need for story as human beings, um, and a little bit about how to pull people into a story. And then she had a workshop and worked with uh, Jenny Nash over at Author Accelerator, um, where she trains book coaches and offers workshops for writers uh, with her book coaches. And I took advantage of that. And it just kind of took off after that. They really helped me pull the story together even more. The concepts that they offered really helped me um, solidify the story and, and get it done about within a year, I would say. Um, and then I looked for um, agents, uh, sent the, the manuscript off, got positive feedback, but no bites. And then I sent it to uh, the publisher, uh, Bella Books. I'd read a lot of uh, books that uh, that they publish, um, and uh, and they picked it up, which uh, for which I'm very grateful. They've been extremely supportive. That's great. And so, what was the writing process like? I mean, you said that you know when you were working with um, uh, Jenny Nash and and others, uh, did you outline the novel extensively before you sat down to write it? What was that like for you? And so this is what was interesting. It, it was a lot of fun, first of all. I followed the advice in Story Genius, Lisa Crone's book first, which had you write the backstory, not even the actual story, but the backstory for the book of your main character. Um, and then the first chapter, then what she calls the aha moment somewhere in the middle, and then the last chapter so that you have an idea of where your story is going and it helps you develop a blueprint. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um then uh, Jenny Nash has this concept of the two-tiered outline. It's a two-page, no more than two pages. She's very strict about it. Uh, she calls it the inside outline now. And it helps you develop both the plot and the character development um, simultaneously so that your, your story is moving forward. Um, and I, um, I don't know. I think I fall in between the outliner and the pantser, if you will. Um, but I, I went ahead with a, a short outline and kept it very flexible. And in the end, I actually used the outline to help me keep track of the story. So I would write and then I would fill in the outline a little bit, make sure mm -hmm. that I was developing it, if you will. Um, and it helped me, um, like I said, keep track of what was happening in the story and ultimately really helped me write a synopsis for it when, when it came time to do that. So I guess what I've done is I've, written the story um, from a rough outline uh, and then um, bolstered up the outline based on what was I, what I was writing. And the outline also helped me look for holes in it that I needed to fill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. That's great. Well, are you working on another Yolanda Avila novel now? I'm starting to work on one. Um, It will be another one. Um, It'll be based in the same neighborhood, and I'm doing some research on it now. Um, And uh, and that's a a tremendous amount uh, of fun. I I don't have a title for it yet. Mm -hmm. Well, in addition to writing crime fiction, you're you're also interested in making cocktails, and you published a book, My Little Black Cocktail Book. How did you get interested in making cocktails? Yes, yes, I did. I um, <laughs> I uh, it was it's an interesting story. My uh, my wife and I worked for the same company, and um, both worked in San Francisco for a while, even though it's an LA based company. And we met while I was working up there. Uh, I ended up coming back to Los Angeles, and and she ended up being transferred up there. So we've always had a San Francisco connection. And um, I'd go up there on weekends, and she would arrange for a fancy meal and all. Uh, and after a while, I thought, you know, I I don't really want to eat anything heavy. I I, I just want to go somewhere, have a drink and an appetizer, and then maybe go somewhere else and have a drink and an appetizer. So she curated. Um, all of these visits to different bars in San Francisco, some of the speakeasies as well. And uh, the f- bartenders were extraordinarily generous with um, with their recipes. Um, I just love talking to them. And at the same time, I was trying to figure out how I was going to write a book eventually. And I had a very good friend, a chiropractor in San Francisco, um, uh, Dr. Joella Castillo, who recommended trying self-publishing. And to learn that process, I went ahead and developed my little black cocktail book, which is a journal for cocktail recipes. So it's a blank book with a lot of prompts that help you um, enter recipes for, uh, for different cocktails, which is a lot better than writing them on a cocktail napkin. So that's how that came about. <laughs> that's great. Well, well, what's your your latest favorite cocktail? Can you give us a little? Uh, sure. I think um, my favorite right now is probably the Boulevardier or a riff on the Boulevardier. Uh, the Boulevardier is um, is actually a riff on the Negroni, uh, where the Negroni is uh, equal parts uh, a gin and sweet vermouth and Campari. The Boulevardier substitutes uh, bourbon for the uh, for the gin, and I don't do mine in quite equal parts um, to reduce some of the bitterness of the Campari. I do half an ounce of that, a full ounce of the sweet vermouth, uh, Antica Formula sweet vermouth, and right now my favorite bourbon to use an ounce and a half of is um, the Four Roses a small batch. So that's what that's I great. Drink. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> it's delicious. Well, well, given your experience with your first novel, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Um, probably to just get to it um, and, uh, and you know, as you develop your concept, make sure that you are 
trying to keep it organized uh, as well. Um, I cannot um, uh, overemphasize the need to work through a process that is uh, good for you, that, that, that resonates with you. You know, some people are, you know, really hate doing the long outlines and um, we can't help but, um, you know, not want to do that because we want to get to the writing sometimes. But um, following uh, Jenny Nash's um, inside outline is something that I would advise. Um, the other thing would be getting a book coach. And the primary reason for that is that um, unlike an editor who will, you know, give you feedback and, you know, redline your book and all, it's, it's great. Uh, but a book coach will actually help talk you through developing the story and becomes a bit of a partner uh, with you. So um, I would recommend trying to get your story down a little bit, the concepts down, maybe even some of the writing down, um, and then look for a book coach to uh, to help you work through it. That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Uh, oh, I've been reading so much, too. Um, uh, Reina Grande's uh, A Ballad of Love and Glory. It's great historical fiction uh, about the Mexican-American War uh, and uh, and was lovely to read. Um, I'm currently reading um, Naomi Hirahara's uh, Clark and Division, which is a mystery set in, uh, in Chicago after um, the Japanese um, uh, internment. internment um, I'm doing some research with the uh, uh, Japanese characters because I want to have a Japanese character in my uh, in my second novel, and so I've also read her, um, her life uh, after Manzanar, which is a nonfiction book about what so many uh, Japanese went through, um, as Japanese Americans also went through um, with the internment and and the release. And the Boyle Heights neighborhood in Los Angeles is one place where there were a lot of Japanese families who were removed uh, right at, at the beginning of World War II, some of whom returned, uh, some of whom did not have possessions, some of whom had friends who held on to things for them and that type of thing. So that will be one of the characters in, uh, in my book who had, has, has experienced something similar. Wow. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novel as you look? Well, I have a website. Uh, it's at uh, veronicagutierrez.com. Uh, should be easy to find. Uh, and I uh, have other links there, and they can learn a little bit more about the neighborhood and, and the book. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Veronica Gutierrez, author of the new novel, As You Look, a Yolanda Avila mystery. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Veronica, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much, Jeff. Really appreciate right. you having me. Absolutely. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.